In this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about some of the big contracts that were signed this offseason. Yes, these contracts used to be all about money, but now it's more about the length and term of the contract. Let's talk about some of those contracts next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, hit the thumbs up button. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holney. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So in this edition, that is what we are going to talk about. These long contracts, it seems like these big name stars and just players in general, they're not just looking for a payday. They want the security of playing on one team for a long time, and that's what they're looking for. If you want to take a look around hockey or even a little bit closer to home, uh, Juan Soto, uh, that's what he was looking for. His uh, most recent uh, deal uh, that he wanted to get was for 15 years. So it just uh, it seems like things are getting crazier and crazier in sports. And, uh, I mean, hey, if you can get it, if you can get that money, if you can get that kind of term, then I say more power to you. So in this article on the Bleach Report, they're saying the NHL offseason is in full swing. And when we look back on the summer of 2022, we'll likely look at this as a summer of the long-term contract. In recent years, we've seen teams shy away from free agent mega deals because it's not always smart business. A seven-year deal handed out to a 30-year-old means paying for a decline on the back end. It can also complicate the salary cap in the later years, preventing younger players from getting their due uh, as restricted free agents and forcing teams to offload players they wouldn't otherwise. However, there comes a time when teams need to go for it, and that means signing a pricey free agent to a multi-year contract managing the cap Currently, teams are also contending with a relatively flat salary cap and only minimal relief is expected in the years to come. So there was some incentive to lock up elite players for the foreseeable future. In this particular exercise, we'll say that a long-term contract is at least four years. The following are 10 of the noteworthy and influential deals, and we'll examine why uh, in order to hand out the grades. And I'm going to go over some of the bigger ones uh, that are out there and you know the biggest one for me out there um just kind of taking a look at you know there's some some guys that signed some huge deals out there some of them that also signed them for the Washington Capitals we'll talk about that later in the show but the biggest fish uh for me was the Johnny Goudreau deal uh from him going from the Calgary Flames to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And it was one of those kind of deals that was a little bit crazy that I talked about in one of the previous podcasts where they said, you know, he wants to go back to the New Jersey area because that is where he is from. And on the NHL network, on the start of free agency, they were all talking about, is he going to New Jersey? New Jersey? Is he going to go to the Islanders and back and forth? 
And then all of a sudden he drops a bomb and says, I'm going to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And in his presser, he said, I just like Columbus, Blue, Columbus. I like the Columbus area. And, you know, truth be told, I've never been to Columbus before, but it just seems a little bit odd. And if you look geographically speaking, if he in fact wanted to go closer to home, it really doesn't seem like... Um, it doesn't seem like Columbus, Ohio is close. It's closer than Calgary is for sure, but uh, just an interesting move. Uh, Johnny Goudreau uh, signed a seven-year deal, $68.25 million, 9.75 AAV. The winger uh, provided hockey the shock of the year uh, when left money on the table with a team that drafted him and turned around and turned down an offer the team that calls his state home to sign with the rebuilding Blue Jackets. No one saw this move coming. The Calgary Flames had Stanley Cup aspirations the last seasons with Goudreau leading the way, and Columbus has never been a premier destination in the NHL. Goudreau clearly saw otherwise and could be the player to change the narrative. The top free agents of 2022 class is an elite winger and perennial point-per-game producer. He's speedy and drives play. He elevates his line mates. He's so dynamic that he can single-handedly change a team. The deal was crucial because of where he went. The location was a driving factor for him and his wife, Meredith. It was also important for him to be in the Metro Division, uh, where he isn't quite as far from home as southern New Jersey. Again, these people are not friends of geography. And to have some control over the situation, and I know he's a wealthy man, and I'm sure he's probably thinking to himself, and you know, I I'm never going to be in a position where I make that kind of money, but I suppose... In his case, he's got private jets and can just go back and forth from home if that's what he so chooses to do. But it all just seems a bit curious to me. Um, it seemed like money was a motivating factor. But again, I think that he wanted out of Calgary. Like they talked about in that little piece there, they said that he left money on the table uh, and left Calgary to go to the Blue Jackets. Kind of an unproven commodity. Uh, I guess it remains to be seen how that team will do this next year. Uh, there are some big, bigger players on this on that team, but uh, it, it's it, you know it's it's a, a team in transition. And like I talked about before, one player cannot make that team. You know, if they have poor goaltending or poor defense, or they don't get any other scoring, then it's really not going to matter if they have Johnny Goudreau on their team. But I do think that, of course. Uh, that he, they're probably going to be a lot better. And from one Blue Jacket to the other, we're going to talk about Patrick Line extension with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And, um, you know, he's one of those players that, uh, you know, you hear a lot about, but he isn't in like that upper echelon of conversation. Sometimes you hear about the biggest, the most elite, your Nazem Kadri. You hear about Johnny Goudreau, but oftentimes you don't hear uh, about him. And I, I'm not really quite sure why that is. Line A seems to have a pretty goal, good goal scoring touch, a bit of an odd man, if you will. But uh, I think that, uh, you know, he's going to help try to uh, help that uh, Columbus Blue Jackets team make their big uh, push for the Stanley Cup. Um, so he signed an extension for four years, $34.8 million. It was unclear whether or not the Blue Jackets would be able to re-sign another high-scoring winger in line eight when Goudreau came aboard. General Manager Yarmo Kekalainen still has some work to do to get under the salary cap by opening night, but two elite scorers like Goudreau and Line have the potential to make Columbus one of the most dangerous teams in the Metro. Line was traded to the Blue Jackets in another blockbuster move in 2021 and struggled his first season in Columbus. 
that was the Tortorella years. So, I mean, you really can gauge that. However, he returned to his old form in 2022, averaging more than a point per game for the first time in his career. He likely would have produced more than the 26 goals and 30 assists had he played in more than 56 games, but he took time away after the death of his father and missed some time with two injuries. Liney is still only 24 years old and has his AAV could be a bargain in a few years. It's also not so high that the club won't be able to get out from underneath it. And uh, I think that, you know, if you're going to build this team, I think that it would only make sense for Columbus to to have Goudreau and to have Liney. So I think on the part of their GM, that was a wise move to try to assemble uh, a pretty good team. Because if they're going to make a push, they're going to need some supporting cast around there. They're not just going to be able to do it uh, with one player alone. All right. So after the break here, we are going to talk, continue to talk about some of these big deals that were signed in the offseason. Not just about money, but about term. We'll talk about those next. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor, ready, delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to a new flavor. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com to snag a box for your family. It will be the perfect treat or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. They send me boxes of those all the time and I eat a couple of them. But if I'm going to be honest with you, the kids love them and they eat them before I do. They love them. We all love them. Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate covered cookie dough with a light fluffy texture. So good. What's great about Built is all of their bars are made with a collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of healthy benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff whether you need a snack for your workout a late night treat or just a grab a quick bite built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar ditch the calories fat and sugar grab yourself a built bar so go to built.com use promo code locked on 15 and get 15 percent off your order use promo code l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-1-5 for 15 percent off at built.com dot com All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, we are talking about the big deals that were made in the offseason. For the longest time, you heard these players that they would go out and they'd sign these mega deals, and it was usually a high dollar figure. But now players are looking for a little bit more than just money. They are looking for security. They want to go to a team and they want to know that they're going to be able to play there for some time. Now, not every player has that leverage to be able to get that. I mean, if you're a poor player, I don't. they're going to say, well, that's nice, but I'm signing you to a one-year deal because you have to prove that you're worth it. 
But if you're in the caliber of a Nazem Kadri or if you're a Johnny Goudreau or a Line A, someone like that, then you have a little, a little bit of a bargaining room where you can say, hey, take a look at the back of my hockey card and see how good of a player I am. I think I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that or I'm not going to play on your team. So just taking a look at some of the other big deals uh, that were made is the Jonathan Huberdo extension trade and sign with the Flames. And, you know, I'm a bit on the fence on that deal. Um, if you think about it, Kachuk went down to Florida, and uh, I think that that's going to help Florida. But that was a Florida team that wasn't that great to start out with. I know that they went to the playoffs and all of that, but just when I watched them on the ice, they weren't a stellar team. They weren't a team that was ready to go to the next level. And I think doing a thing like getting rid of Huberto and getting rid of Uyghur, I don't necessarily think it was a good idea. I do think that the Calgary Flames are going to look like the real winners in this one in the long term. Um, that Calgary Flames team was a team that was kind of on the cusp for the longest time. If they can get consistent net minding, if they can get all of those new players to perform, then I think they're going to be in a really good position to do some really great things. So in this next one, we are going to talk about Huberdo, a big name and a great player. I think that this is an A-plus move uh, for the Calgary Flames. Eight years, $84 million, 10.5 million AAV. So just a crazy thing. Eight years, that would have been unthinkable just a few years ago. Like they were talking about, it used to be like a four-year deal was like this huge deal. But now we're eight years. Again, I think that that is the price that you want to pay if you want to get these players. If you don't want to play ball, then they're just going to go somewhere else. You can trade away a unicorn player like Matthew Kachuk without getting an absolute haul in return. And the return for Kachuk did not disappoint with Huberdo, defenseman Mackenzie Wieger, center prospect Cole uh, Schwint, and conditional first-round pick in the 2025 going to Calgary. It plugged some major holes, but the package would have been diminished if Huberdo and or Wieger opted not to return after the season. But general manager Brad Treliving made a convincing pitch to the 29-year-old Huberdo over dinner last week. Huberdo, who is coming off a 115-point season, Second in the league behind Connor McDavid's 123 said tree living made him understand how much the club cares about him and having him pass this season. The trade itself uh, set it up for Calgary for the short term while the extension helps them in the long term. And uh, a really solid move uh, for the Flames. It seemed like uh, Kachuk had a bit of an attitude problem. So, I mean, if that's the case, then I say, you know, I don't care what kind of player you are move on. We don't need that kind of attitude in the locker room. And uh, I think that, um, you know, Huberto and Uyghur, I think that that is definitely going to help out the Flames. I think that, you know, they were a team that was kind of on the cusp, um, but I think that that might push them over the top. Uh, it sure appears that way anyway. And, you know, like I say, sometimes that's what you have to do. You have to make these big deals um, if you want to take, take your team over the top. So Matthew Kachuk extension trade signed with the Florida Panthers, eight years, 76 million. Kachuk was headed towards salary arbitration with the flames and had all of the leverage after informing the team, he would not be signing a long-term contract. The loss of Goudreau, the line mate he saw the most success with triggered the exit. And it seemed like he was on his way to his hometown of the St. Louis blues. Instead, the Panthers pulled off one of the most exciting trades. The NHL has seen in years and Kachuk an RFA immediately signed a big extension 
The 24-year-old brother of Ottawa Senators Captain Brady Kachuk is often referred to as the unicorn because of his rare blend of size, skill, speed, and physicality. He is a true power forward of the old school variety, but also brings dynamic scoring and playmaking abilities. His 62 assists were the 11th most of all skaters. Kachuk is a win-now player on a win-now team. Let's hope this deal is the first of many like it. And, you know, I hear his stats and I look at the back of his hockey card and, hey, it's his prerogative to go wherever he wants. But it just seems like, you know, and I'm not totally plugged in with the Calgary scene. Of course, I cover the Capitals, and but, you know, I follow all of the teams in general. But is there something brewing out in Calgary that all these players want out? You take a look um, at uh, Goudreau and then you take a look at Kachuk. What is going on out in Calgary? It makes you wonder. It seems like they put a pretty good product out on the ice year after year. There must be something a little bit more to it uh, than meets the eye. But um, hey, if these guys can go out and get these kind of contracts, then good for them. So the next player we're going to talk about is a familiar one, and it goes back to what I would consider the worst trade in Capitals history. And there was some speculation out there if Philip Forsberg was going to come back to his home. The Philip Forsberg extension with the Nashville Predators, eight years, $68 million. Again, do you notice a common thread here, all these eight-year deals? This is probably market value for a player of Forsberg's caliber at his age. He had a massive season last year with 42 goals and 42 assists. When there was no extension by trade deadline, general manager David Poyle's decision to retain him instead of trade him was met with plenty of skepticism. If Forsberg had walked away during free agency, it would have been embarrassing, but his eight-year extension showed that he still believes that the team can contend soon. This exercise is also about grading the front office to a certain extent, and the Predators did not find this offseason, but they're likely still quite a few players away from really contending again. Trading Ryan McDonough should help in the front of goaltender Yari Saros and free agent acquisition Nino Niederreiter will provide some offensive spark. Outside of Forsberg and Saros, the core of the roster is on the wrong side of 30 and will need to get younger in the coming years. It was important to retain Forsberg, though, and Poyle managed to lock him down. And it's, you know, an aging roster. Hmm, where have we heard that one before? Maybe in Washington, maybe in Pittsburgh, maybe in Boston. Um, it just seems to be one of the things that, you know, a lot of these, these teams, they don't want to let go of their older players. And I don't blame them. Those are the players in most cases that are a proven commodity and they got those teams to where they are. So I think to a certain extent, it's doing the safe thing and uh, keeping those guys around. All right. So after the break, we are going to continue to talk about some of these mega deals and not necessarily mega in terms of money, but a lot of money, but mega in the, in the form of how long they are, are the to- or the term of the contract. We'll talk about those next. Hello, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, we are talking about some of the mega deals out there, not necessarily mega deals in the in the form of dollar amount, but for term and how long they were signed for. And, uh, you know, the Washington Capitals were no stranger to that either, where they went out and signed the biggest 
name goalie on the market in free agency, Darcy Kemper. You know, a lot of people out there said that would never happen, that Darcy Kemper would come to the Washington Capitals. Why would he want to come to the Capitals? And I'm not really sure why people say that. I mean, the Capitals are always going to the playoffs. They won the Stanley Cup in 2018. But in any case, the Washington Capitals signed Darcy Kemper to a five-year, $26.25 million contract. That contract will ostensibly be through the remainder of Alex Ovechkin's career in Washington. And I think that that sent certain messages out there that, um, you know, that the Washington Capitals wanted to make sure that they didn't have another situation like they had the last couple of years with Samsonov and Vanacek. We only have so many years left with Alex Ovechkin in the Rock the Red era on the Washington Capitals. Let's make sure that net minding isn't going to be our Achilles heel. And I think that, uh, you know, what Brian McClellan did is he went out there and he swung for the fences and he got the biggest name uh, goaltender on the market. Kemper was one of the rare players to lose value during the Stanley Cup final after some shaky goaltending in the Avs title run. He posted a .902 save percentage in the postseason, letting in some low dangers and few downright bad goals. Colorado decided to move on in favor of a tandem of pa- uh, Pavel Francois and Alexander Gorgiev, even though Gorgiev is somewhat of a reclamation project right now. And I kind of like Gorgiev. He was one of the netminders that I talked about months ago that I could see him coming to the Washington Capitals. Um, but it seems to be Shesterkin's net in New York, so I can see why New York wanted to move on. And I can also see why Colorado wanted to um, have his services. But the goaltending market worked out in Kemper's favor, and he ended up with the Capitals who needed better goaltending to stay relevant in their quest to extend their window of contention. Washington was linked to the six foot five, 32-year-old after they traded Vitek Vanacek to the New Jersey Devils on the second day of the draft. It makes sense, and it's a good fit. But if Kemper can get back to the level of play he displayed with the Arizona Coyotes, it would be an even better fit. And... um you know, that's some of the things out there. And I know that it's easy to get caught up in some of the lights and the glimmer of everything. And I have nothing but a positive attitude about Darcy Kemper going forward. But is, you know, like the article talked about, and I've talked about to a, a certain extent, an unproven commodity. I know that, you know, he has the Stanley Cup goaltender feather that he can wear in his hat. And I hope that that is the goaltender that we have on the Washington Capitals in the years to come. But like they talked about in that article, a bit of an unproven commodity. Um, I ultimately think that, you know, Brian McClellan did everything that he could do. I'm not going to throw shade in his direction. He did everything he could do. I mean, if you go and you sign a Stanley Cup winning netminder and you still get grief, then, I mean, that person that is is being disparaging um, should look in a different direction because I think that Brian McClellan did what he could do, and he went out and he swung for the fences and got the biggest goalie on the free agent market. I don't think that anyone can ask uh, for anything more than that, and I think, you know, between the Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren tandem, I think this Washington Capitals team is in an excellent position heading into next year in the netminding department. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. 
So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. As we head through the summer months, training camp is fast approaching and uh, we'll have all kinds of news. And I think it's going to be a most interesting training camp. I think there's going to be a lot of young players fighting for those positions that are available, but uh, it will be uh, exciting, suffice as to say. All right. Once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, and I'll talk to you next time.